Good morning. You're listening to Sabbat Shalom with Brother Doug on a, I don't know wherever you are, but where I am, it's a beautiful Saturday oh, it's great. morning. It's a, How's it going, Doug? It's a beautiful Saturday morning over here, too. So it's just, you had, had some soccer games soccer this morning. Games this morning. another one this, uh, this evening. So it's, we're living soccer around here. Yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> it was, it was yeah, actually fun. You know fun. what? I, I was it. never a soccer fan, and uh, I've gotten into soccer because my daughter's into soccer, and it's, I, I gotta say, I actually enjoy it. I, yeah. I like um, women's soccer because I, the men can kick the ball too far, and it's just kind of yeah, yeah. boring. They just kind of kick it away from each other. But like there's, women's yeah, soccer, there's, there's like, they contact, really have yeah. to get in there and fight. It's, I was watching my daughter play soccer was so fun. She was like, she always, her goal, <laughs> she was a bruiser, man. Her goal was to make I sure know, someone on the other team cried <laughs> remember. by the end of the game. <laughs> and she used to, yeah. she usually ended a yeah. game with blood. Um, my daughter's pretty similar, actually. She's, he, he plays her at different positions, but um, she's usually one of the defenders because uh, she'll get into it. So when it gets by, she'll she'll come up and she'll she'll take contact, which is I gotta admit, it's kind of fun. <laughs> let me let me teach you something. You can pass something on that I taught. Uh, uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I taught my daughter when she was a defender. Just like play it like basketball. You know how when you're under the yeah. under the rim and yeah. playing playing down in the key, and you're the defender, you just always have your hand uh-huh. on the other player and know where they are. So if so, she used to just be there and like just kind of put her hands on the yeah, players totally. when they got near they used to get so frustrated yeah. and fl- yeah. frustrated it's fun <laughs> oh man yeah and then one I day don't. she just decided she was I'm nervous about it, it was because, all over um, this this team they've been playing they've been playing together for four years and and so they all know each other really well and it's and you, and you get to know the families and it kind of becomes this little community and so I'm hoping she stays with it but but you know you don't want to force force something on them so we'll we'll see how it goes so far so good yeah, how's your right week been? Right on. Oh man, I had a pretty busy yeah. week. Put out a lot yeah. of uh, content on Open Lines Radio. Had a lot of content yeah. coming yeah. in to Open Lines Radio, so that was good. I'm gonna fix my microphone. And uh, I, mean, I oh, had a I toilet issue. Okay. I gotta tell you this story. <laughs> so on Thursday, well, it would have been Wednesday okay. night. The toilet clogs and thursday mm-hmm. i'm thinking i'll just fix it you know I'll, i can yeah I, I got this i've got a toilet auger that doesn't work i pull the toilet i run a snake down so you say feet. you pull the it toilet you like there's anything the there i took the toilet off uh-huh. the off yeah i took the toilet off so i can yeah so i could look down the drain and it looks fine I can pour water down the drain and it goes just fine. But as soon as you put just a piece huh. of toilet paper, it won't go. And I messed with it all uh-huh. day, like 12 hours, mm-hmm. man. I bought a new toilet, uh-huh. all kinds of stuff. And finally uh-huh. I gave up and I had to call the plumber. So this plumber guy shows up. And I don't know where he was from. Some uh, right. Eastern European country. He's got this accent. And he was just the nicest guy. So they come in and they quote me $369 if he has to pull the toilet and mm-hmm. run his thing down. It's $110 less, 269 if I okay. pull the toilet and then he just runs the thing. 
And I'm like, first, first of all, yeah, I yeah. pulled this toilet three times right. a day before. I right. mean, I got this, <laughs> you know. But uh, but then it was still it was still a lot more. I was thinking, you know, that their ad said sixty nine dollars per drain, you know. And so I had to get a hold of the landlord, and because no. I wasn't going to pay three hundred bucks for something that wasn't me. And then as I'm, I'm telling the guy, I'm like, you know, if it was more like a hundred, this guy gets on the phone and calls his boss, and goes. If it's if he, he can, uh-huh. I'll do it for a hundred, and I can hear the guy go, "All right, but don't mm-hmm. help him with that toilet." And it was fine. He went out and got his equipment. By the time he got in, the toilet was off and out of the way, and he cleared it. But this is the funny part. We're sitting there. He was just the nicest guy. He was just telling me how, oh, I just want to help you. I get paid the same whether I'm sitting in my truck or helping you do this, and that's why he got the yeah. pr- like worked on getting the price down for me. And he's telling me all these stories. He's been in the business for 27 years. Yeah, he's seen it all. The, the things he's seen. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but at the end of the day, right, right when he got ready to leave, he hands me a card. He goes, if you wouldn't mind, please call in or please go online and give me a review because that's what my boss mm-hmm. sees and I get bonuses and stuff. And I go, oh, mm-hmm. not, I'll write you a great review. I'm a writer. And he looks at me and goes, you're a writer? Does anyone ever tell you <laughs> you look like Jesus? <laughs> I go, yeah, fat Jesus, maybe. And he goes, he goes, we don't know. Jesus could have been fat. We only see pictures of him from the chest up. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Totally. Jesus, is Jesus abs. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Anyway, it was funny. That was my, that was the end of my, and I still put out like, Three uh, episodes of nice. three different things Productive. that day on open line. So, so what was wrong with the drain? Killing it over here. Okay, so so when I pulled the old toilet, I noticed that there was a bro- the uh-huh. piece of porcelain was broken yeah. on the bottom, which is why I bought a new one because I d- couldn't put that one back. And I guess when before we moved in there, whoever said oh. it, that piece of porcelain was down yeah. in the drain and it was catching things. Yeah, it just so moved. When I ran the snake; it just went around it. Years. But, but so he. Brought his thing and broke it all up. Years ago, we had a toilet issue, and I could not figure it out. Snake that tried to do whatever, and I um, took the toilet off and inspected. Did did all the same things you did, and then looked in the toilet and kind of inspected in there. And my son, this is when he was really young, put put it. It wasn't like a matchbox car. It was like a car probably the size of your fist, and flushed it down the toilet and just got stuck in the in the little loop. So uh, I just had to fish that out (laughs) with my hands, but I got it. Yeah, well, that's how it goes. Gross. You do. Yeah, you do what you exactly got to right. do, right? Yeah, I was elbows deep oh, in shit all day on Thursday, so. <laughs> it's, it's plumbing talk here on Open Lines Radio. Well, 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 we're There's got to be something yet. else, Doug. That was a good <laughs> warm-up. Anyway. So what I've been, been thinking, thinking about, about this week. Uh, I, I want to talk about the creative process a little bit. So you... you you know as you're not putting out a ton of content i mean you are putting out a ton of content from you but also some additional content from other people so you're not having to create all of it right most most content from other people but i know you you write as well um and uh, i i've had an experience recently with creating and, and i've been thinking about um the creative process and wanted to talk to you about that so that's where i want to go all right. Yeah. Uh, you have anything? In, yeah, for sure. Anything specific? So, you want to talk so a about? couple, couple things. Well, a couple questions I want to ask you, but let me set this up. So, so recently, 
So, and when I was in high school and college, I, I played just some rock music with some buddies of mine. And when I was in college, we um, had this this kind of group of dudes. We would get together every week, and we we'd just write music. And it was kind of this way to to spend time together create some music and then just hang out afterward and it was something we do every thursday night all through college and um so this is like the early 2000s and we we started recording some some music um just by ourselves and then life happened a couple of us were starting grad school i had started a family um another friend had got a job as an engineer and had to move out of state and so we just left it there and never finished it and in the last few years, this um, this friend of mine, his job brought him back here, and so he, and he's only here for a few years. He's he's an engineer. He's they're training him on all this stuff, and then he's got to go. He's flying out to the Middle East in a couple of years, and he'll be there for a few years. And so we've we've been spending some time together over the last you know two years, just catching up. We we'll we'll go to breakfast every now and then, go to a concert or something like that. And we we got talking about finishing up this this um this project that we had started in college and it was and for for no other reason just for the sake of of we want to finish this thing we started and it was we want to have it for ourselves creating for the sake of creation and um but the problem is not all of it's done and so i've had to like go back into this mind frame and and rewrite some things and add some things to it and it's made me think a bit about how how we create and and i've found for myself that it takes me a really long time to write something whether it's whether it's a guitar part or whether it's um your lyrics or whatever it is i i I, it doesn't come to me naturally i'll have these moments where stuff will come really quick and then and then it's it's just like for example if i'm writing a guitar um, riff or a song I'll have certain parts and I'll have to play them over and over and over again but I, I never know where I'm going to go next and so and, and part of that's so I'm not classically trained I never took real lessons I, I it's somewhat self-taught but I don't know musical theory or any of those and I'm and, and I know some people can can write things a lot faster um, but for me it's a matter of of feel and it's it's almost like this really painful process of of trial and error and and it's like it's it's almost like you have to force yourself to do things and it makes me wonder is that is that really is that really what the creative experience is for for a lot of people like if i'm truly creative would it come more naturally or is that just part of the process for me as is i just have to kind of dive in and experience and i'm curious for you you know as you're writing um or, or the, whatever else creative processes you've been a part of, what's your experience? Do you find that it comes easily to you, or do you find that you really have to toil over it? I always um, said have said about writing, but I guess hearing you talk, it pretty much applies to pretty, probably every artistic uh-huh. endeavor, is you love to do the thing you hate to do yeah, the most. Yeah. <laughs> so so I don't know what it is about writing that I love because yeah, while I'm that's doing my it I pretty much hate it. Uh-huh. And but when it's over that it cuz 
I mean, that's like everything mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. good is hard, you know? <laughs> and so, so your, your, your goal, I mean, I guess you, there, you could have an experience where the process of doing it is what you enjoy and that's where you uh-huh. find the art is in the process. But for me, yeah, I yeah, like me the finished too. product, <laughs> you know? And then, and then you, but you got to get it right. And so like, I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, you think of painters, you know, that, I mean, everybody mm-hmm. kind of suffers for their art. So I think it's, it just kind of depends on what your, your end goal is. Like, like, are you trying to create this beautiful piece or are you just more interested in the journey? In yeah. Experiencing See, the process. I, I've of had doing this discussion. It. So we have a brother who's a really, really phenomenal artist uh, in, in terms of painting and, and right. um, visual arts. And he and I were talking a little while ago and, and explaining that when I create, I really do the, and it's the same thing. I, I, I like to, I enjoy woodworking and well, I shouldn't say I enjoy woodworking. I enjoy when I've completed something involved in, in making something out of wood. I, I, the, your, the finished product is really, really satisfying to me. Um, but when I'm in the middle of it, I hate it. And it's the same thing when I'm writing. It's the same thing when I'm, you know, whether it's lyrics or, or guitar parts or whatever for him though. And, and part of the reason why is because I want the end experience. The end experience is what I enjoy. And it's the same thing when I consume art is, um, I, I, I really like this had to have this experiential, the feeling that a song creates or the feeling that a, a painting creates or whatever it is, that experience is what I'm looking for. And so sometimes I feel let down if I have this idea of the experience, um, and it doesn't quite match up to that expectation. But talking to our brother, he was, he was saying that, um, he doesn't feel that way at all for him. It really is, uh, just the process of creation. And he's an architect by, by trade. And, um, he says he'll often find, um, that when he goes and visits places that he has drawn up and designed and he'll go and visit them now that they've been constructed, he's always a little surprised that, Oh, that actually looks how I thought it was. And he doesn't always have the expectation that it's going to, to look like what, what he expected. And so, and so that was, that was kind of a unique take to me because that's not at all what my experience is. I, I find the creative process really arduous, but, um, <clears throat> right. But I think, I think, and, and I haven't spoken right. with him in longer right. than I haven't spoken with you, <laughs> but I think for him, art's always been uh-huh. kind of his escape. And like you say, he's not as, as, um, concerned with the finished product as he is just with doing it and that's kind of like where i like i don't know if he he used to have his art room and that he would go paint you know and that was like he that was what he would do he was doing when he was painting he was actually like pulled himself out of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the world you know (laughs) and and it doesn't even matter what the end is he's he's not concerned he was he's more concerned i think with like taking that break from reality so so let me ask you this then when you are and when you are creating, do you usually know where you're going? So let's say, say writing. If, you, if you're writing a piece, do you typically, when you're starting that, do you feel like you have the end in mind or is it kind of you just go and see where it takes you? Um, I, us- I, I usually have like an idea, not, not even mm-hmm. an idea, it's like a feeling. <laughs> and I don't even know... I don't usually know where it's going to go. The, th- the things where I know where they're going to go, mm-hmm. those are kind of the ones I struggle with. 
Like I have, I have stories in my head where I know the mm-hmm. beginning and the end. Get yeah, and get I can't figure be. out a way to get to the end. Where if I can just start it somewhere and go, like sometimes I'll come back and like go and push it back into the. You know what I mean? I can take the beginning and add to the beginning and then add to the end. <clears throat> I, I kind of think mm-hmm. I have to start in the middle usually. And when I'm doing like tarot readings yeah. for people on Instagram. I, I, I mean, the, the typical process is pull three cards. And, and, and maybe this is an interesting way, too, to, to I mean, we could talk about art this way. I had a, uh, I, I never actually had a, mm-hmm. any interaction with her. But it was my last semester at, um, gra- in grad school, um, Rachel Pollock came to, um, came to the school to be, an, she was an advisor. And so I never like had anything with to do with her, but I you know I'd gone to some of her um, yeah you know faculty readings, and and so I, I I had some some idea about who she was, but she had heard that the thing that fascinated it was just so long ago before I ever picked up a tarot deck, was that she had this theory of writing with using mm-hmm. tarot cards for writing, and so when I first started using tarot cards, it was basically for writing, like I was. Just, mm-hmm. They were just more like writing prompts to me. And so it's really helped me because they're just like, kind of like these these mm-hmm. archetypes. You know, each card's got this certain archetype in this, this scene. And then, it, and then it's like, what is that? What do I feel from that? And so like when I do a tarot reading, I take three cards and I do a beginning, middle, and end. And it usually starts in the middle and then I write the beginning and the right. end. Right. So how you got there and kind of the result, but but I haven't I haven't I'm I'm just I'm just as all just like mm-hmm. coming to me as I'm talking because I haven't usually done that in my other work, and and maybe that's what I need to start doing is because I always kind of take a more linear approach like I've I've written a uh-huh. a TV series, and I just started at the beginning and wrote to the end, and maybe I need to revisit it in the middle. Well, because I can, I you know, I, thinking of a TV series. Because I've I've watched some programs where it feels like they had an end that they had in mind, and but the maybe the natural journey of of the characters or whoever kind of went a different route, and then they have to try to wrap it back up to this this previous idea that they've had to to try to make make it all fit together. And so so maybe maybe like the creative process is really really based on feel because I've I've wondered since so my my dominant method for creating has been music I I I've I like to play music whether it's um, piano I'm not good at piano at all but guitar primarily and it is solely based on feel and I I have never once um, been able to say okay this this is the here's the melody that I want, here's the bridge, and here's how I'm going to fit this from that. It is. It really is just, okay, I found this, this sound that I really like, and I play it, and I play it, and play it, until I find like a natural a natural spot for it to, to go to the next part, and I play that for a little bit, and then eventually it evolves into this piece that you really, you really like. And, and maybe, and that, I guess, is similar to whether you're painting just based on feel and, um, I guess if you're trying to create a really realistic piece of art, then maybe you have a very specific agenda of how you want to get from A to B. But 
But maybe the creative process really is just um, operating solely on feel and you, you kind of don't know where it's going to go. Well, I mean, when you're writing music, don't you just, don't you usually like start with the hook? Yeah. Like, doesn't that, isn't like that kind of like yeah. what hits and, you and then and you write the hook around that? And the, the hook is not always at the, at the beginning of the song. Um, it's, it's right. Right. It, it's usually, but not. sometimes it is. Sometimes I, I've, I've written a song where it, so I say I have a riff that I just really like. It's like, man, that is catchy. And you just come right out and that's where, where it goes. Um, but usually it's just I have a whole bunch of different parts that I like, and as I'm fiddling around, eventually they can come together and I say, "Oh, this would fit here. This would this would work really well together." And they just kind of start to come together. And, and sometimes the process really is not linear at all. Sometimes the process is um, the thing I wrote first comes at the end, and then you go. To, this part will go to the beginning, and this will go to the middle. Um, and in this last little bit I've had an experience writing lyrics and and I I don't know I wouldn't really consider myself um, a writer that's that that is not my my forte um, and I don't have a ton of experience with that but it's been it's been a lot of fun because I've, I've taken these lyrics that I wrote when I was in my early 20s and some of them I kept and some of them I'm like eh, I've got to I've got to adjust this but <clears throat> I have found I approach writing in the same way is <clears throat> pardon me is that I will? I don't. I don't necessarily write a a lyric to tell a story. I write a lyric because it creates an imagery that I like that fits the mood, and that's that's made me really respect writers that can tell a story in a really artistic way. That's where I think, like for example, Connor Oberst is really strong because he can tell a story and the whole thing is lyrical. Whereas a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, a right. writer will tell a story, and it's it almost feels like you're you're reading a narrative rather than um, experiencing art with when, in terms of music. Right. Connor Obers is really good. And I've been listening to uh, Phoebe Bridgers a lot. And it's the same thing. Every song is like uh -huh. a story. And also like, like Glenn Phillips is really good at that. And I was, it's, it's like, I was thinking about that just the other day. Um, Cause I was listening to Phoebe Bridgers and like everyone's uh -huh. like basically just telling a story. But it's still, I mean, it's getting, it's right. still bringing you emotionally into this story. But I was, I was thinking like, I, it's got to be hard for a musician to like, because you're like uh -huh. setting these words to this music, and it's like you're, you're, it's almost like setting it in concrete, and it's like, how do you pick the right music? Like once you do it, it's done. And now she's got to tell this story. She's written this song, and does she really want to tell this story right. over and over and over <laughs> again every single night? And it's like that's kind of, and it's. I don't know. I was just thinking. I was thinking that the other day, where where if you write something, like if you're a writer and you write something and you put it out mm -hmm. there, you just write another story. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like this. Thing you don't relive getting... it all the time. Well, and you you don't have it. It's almost like two forms of art, you know, because you've got the words and the music, and now you've like you've uh -huh. like married this music. Well, to it. and that's honestly that's where, to me, that's where it's really, really inspiring. To, to listen to music that way because that that uses that that model because for example if I'm writing and and a lot of the artists that I like to that I like to listen to they will have they will have really catchy lyrics but it's not necessarily in story form it's it's maybe there's a theme for the song 
but it, it's not a linear pattern and, and, and sometimes some lyrics are, are really obscure and, and maybe don't even match and it's really open up it's open to interpretation and, and I and I get into that I'm, I'm a fan of that type of, of music and, and, and art but um, I my experience is you have you have so much space to fit in um, so many words and so many syllables and so you have to be really picky with how you're going to represent this idea within so many lines and to carry that through an entire song in a catchy way that's also really meaningful I really think is the true telltale sign of an artist and and I don't think many people can do that well a lot of people can tell I mean you I, I'm not knocking on country music here but they can tell a story really damn well I wouldn't say that's incredibly artistic though you know what I mean <laughs> yeah so right so anyway right. I, that's my point is i i think that's a real really artistic but in a certain way they almost know where they're going because there's like a story they're telling and so that is a different experience for me because i will write here's a theme but each lyric might hit on that theme but I'm, i don't necessarily know where i'm going i'm just finding things that fit this mood or this this tone and whereas if I'm if I'm writing because I'm trying to tell a story, you, you really are kind of trying to fit this this story in this lyrical time frame, and and that, that that really is art. So that makes me wonder: Am I really creating art, or am I just coming close to it? Anyway, that's those are some thoughts I had on that. <clears throat> but <laughs> well, you know, I I've, I've been uh, I was an uh, editor for an engineering company for like fifteen years. And I kind of, kind of editing kind of took over uh -huh. writing as kind of the way right. I like looked at art. And so like right now I even still, I have a hard time creating mm -hmm. words out of air. I'm really good at going back to my old stuff and, and like even disassociating it as being mine and like allowing myself to like mm -hmm. edit, you know, and rework it. And and that's I kind of and so I've, I've I'm kind of like more even getting away from writing and more into just mm -hmm. editing like life like, like pretty much just always editing and kind of even what like this open lines radio has become is it's more of just like a lot of it's not my content you know but it's like where yeah do, there's still you put a creative and, process and where is yeah. it going to and and how and who are these people you're actually mm -hmm. bringing together and it's more of being a mm -hmm. conduit for that creation. And I think as an artist working on your own stuff, you also need to be a conduit for your own creation. You know, like, like I think you, you need to like be open to looking at the, your art yeah. as something separate from you so that you can like objectively yeah. rework it. You, you're, you sent me some, some, uh, yeah, some tracks your, that some we're, of your we're songs working on a while ago and I didn't really, mm -hmm. I didn't really talk to you about them. Because I, I couldn't, it was, I had a really hard time listening to him because, you, like you had said, um, yeah, it was like 2004, and mm -hmm. you were renting a room in the basement from uh -huh. my ex-wife and me. Yeah, and it was a very tumultuous mm -hmm. year, you know. And you're like, this was kind of written, and like the first to think of, like the first thing to think of was like, and you were mm -hmm. saying like you were there was like this heavy energy as you were writing these because yeah, you were living underneath. Going on. Yeah all the shit going on upstairs and and it was like the first thing hit me was like 
how selfish I was to think that <laughs> no one else was affected, you know, by the shit going on. And now, like, that was something that actually, like, seeped mm-hmm. into your consciousness mm-hmm. through the floorboards. And then, like, to start listening to it, like, I, like, set the mood so yeah. well that I just couldn't go back there. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like, that's something, that's a, like prior to twenty four or two thousand four, mm-hmm. yeah. I have very little memory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> by choice, <laughs> you know. I have I, like I like it's so foreign to me that even when I talk to my ex wife, I can't right. believe life, that life we were together for yeah. as long as we were together because it's like because yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was just a different mm-hmm. time, and it was so hard to go back there. And so, I guess I, I guess like just as a Mm-hmm. consumer of art you know not necessarily even like consuming mm-hmm. with money mm-hmm. but just consuming mm-hmm. with my eyes or ears like there's like I don't I guess I've like I yeah. used to like kind of be into the dark stuff right. <laughs> you know I mean, not that your stuff was dark but yeah. it was just triggering these dark memories and it was like all right well uh yeah that's that's great Doug but <laughs> I don't I prefer well, not to go back to it's 2004. interesting because like it makes me think of of where where we're inspired by what we're inspired by because in this this experience for me personally is creating going back to something that was created i mean it was 15 years ago nearly right and and when we were writing the songs with with my friends it was it was over 15 years ago because some of these we were we had written you know back in 2001 2002 and um so to go back and do kind of a updated take on on experiences because when you're our art so much of it comes from it makes me think of where, what you're inspired by and there was a lot i just had to change just because that's no longer my experience anymore you know you know like that what what i had written at the time that spoke to me didn't really speak to me anymore and now that we're recording this for us to listen to later i mean we're, we have zero we're just doing this like we're going we went to a studio we updated lyrics we did all this stuff we still haven't finished mastering it and we are only doing it for ourselves we like we'll probably put it on the internet somewhere just for fun um but we're we're not trying to do anything but just create something that we created when we were young um but to go back to it um i i had to update some things because i couldn't if i'm going to create this new thing um that's a now I had to, I had to I had to change it and so but anyway your your point is is like when you're writing it's a lot of times your inspiration comes from what's around you and um, so much of what I've created has been a response to um, these hyper emotional experiences and for me personally it seems like um, it's usually the darker or or like more moody emotions and so um that's that's the stuff that speaks to me and it's kind of funny because now you mentioned it i was like i i don't know how to i don't know how i would even create musically um a song that would reflect like a positive emotional experience and um and what does that art sound like you know what i mean like what yeah that's why musicians are so fucked up (laughs) You know, because they they well that because that's how that's usually how we connect uh-huh. with songs is through our pain, 
and this shared pain. And it's like, oh, look, I'm not alone. Here's this person that's also experienced this pain. And then that person has to sing that those songs and relive that yeah. pain night after night after night as they're singing these songs. And and they don't really get... That's why. That's kind of what I was saying. You, you lock these lyrics and feeling uh-huh. in with these songs that you have to keep singing. And whereas writing, right. you just open a new journal, you know, <laughs> And I was, we were just moved. So I was going back through some old, looking through some old boxes and some of my old writings from like way, like, like uh-huh. the early 2000s. And man, it's like, it's almost <laughs> embarrassing, know, huh? Like depressed. Yeah. Well, it's just yeah. so, it's yeah. just so sad and dark and filled with confusion. And it was like, I look back and it's like, <laughs> it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've had a different, I've had a similar experience to that, not creating, but with experiencing music. So I, um, you know, so <laughs> I'm the youngest boy in the family. And, and I think just life is different. If your placement in a family, especially we had a, a fairly big family, there's five of us, right? And so your placement in a family, in a large family, I think just influences your perspective. And so I'll, I was the youngest boy, second youngest child, and and I and, and you and I we have a little bit of gap in our age, and so when I was getting to the point where I was starting to listen to music, and I was really pretty young, I was listening to stuff that none of my peers were listening to. Um, I was listening to stuff that my older brothers were listening to, and um, and so I always kind of had this um, snobby uh, take on on music, and I still do. Like I still the, this music that speaks to me the most. I think there's, it's, it's typically, it's not pop music. It's, it's moody, not always like super moody, but sometimes like I, I, I can't help it. I'm into the indie rock guitar, guitar driven stuff. It just speaks to me. And, and I know that, um, it's not always palatable to everybody. And so I'm not trying to be this guy who's like, Oh, you got to listen to this band because you know, they're amazing and nobody else comes close to them. But it's still, the point is that stuff still speaks to me, but uh, growing up, um, you know, a lot of the bands that I was exposed to were were emotional. Like I, I think of like The Cure, going back and listening to The Cure a lot, and they, I still love The Cure. Um, but man, it's emotional stuff. And um, uh, I spent many high school nights. Yeah, <laughs> you did through that house. <laughs> you did. I still, I still remember. I uh, can't remember. It's Morrissey or the Smiths. Um, but and I can't even remember what song it is. And you were sleeping on in the in that room downstairs, and and there had to get something out of your room, but you were asleep and you were listening to that full blast. And it it starts really really quiet, and I think just a couple piano lines. And I was crawling on the floor to grab, <laughs> grab, grab whatever it was that was in there, and, it, and then it comes in really loud and really sudden. And it was one of the most frightening experiences, <laughs> just because I mean, it still stands with me. <laughs> but but like I love that music, and and in recent years, uh, um, especially like I have a ten year old daughter who who she's like she likes pop music. That's like that's what they consume. And and I work I work with youth regularly, and they have dances, and they listen to pop catchy music that I don't I don't necessarily think is super artistic, but I can't help that it's catchy, and the younger me would have never in a million years um, even been caught dead listening to that stuff. And now I don't mind it. Now when I like if I'm working out and you want something poppy and catchy, I will listen to some of that and I just have to it's just accept that, hey, 
it's a guilty pleasure and i'm i'm going to listen to some of these these pop songs these pop artists just for the heck of it and um and that's okay and and anyway the point is is that um when when i was younger that experience was was not the same and and um and I, I think I looked at music a little darker and the art, the artist, artistic expression a little darker. And, and it doesn't always have to be that way. And you can still enjoy some of those things that are just for the sake of enjoying them. Well, my favorite bands are Me sad too. bands. So, <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that means. So um, <clears throat> when you're writing, you know, you hear about writer's block. Do you get that much? Yeah. Well, how do you My get through? My whole life's been writer's block. <laughs> I, you, I don't know. If I could get through it, I would have uh, <laughs> published some amazing writing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's why I, I, I just do better yeah. helping other people with their stuff. I do be- I'm a better editor than I am a writer who... Yeah, finishes something, starts and finishes something. I like to work in collaborations just because I I, I actually feel like my life experiences mm-hmm. are pretty limiting. Um, I, I don't I don't know like I, compared to people I know like I f- probably look and and seem like somebody that's like experienced this crazy life, but it, my life's been pretty. I mean, even in the in the craziest and and darkest times, you know, yeah. was from yeah. Mormon Utah, you know, there wasn't opportunity from a poor family in more in Mormon Utah, where there just wasn't uh, opportunities to, yeah, yeah, get into trouble, I guess, you know, and so, like the the things that I draw on are from other writings and you know what I mean? And, and other people's experiences. Cause I really haven't experienced that much. I mean, I can take the, the, the few moments that I have had and like use those in conversation to like mm-hmm. make it seem like I've had this <laughs> exciting life, but it's yeah. been pretty boring. I had kids really young and you know, I'm still raising kids and I'm hoping my kids will all be um, out of the house before I'm 50. So I'm hoping that that provides opportunity. You know, yeah. The next few years, yeah. that, that second half is excite, yeah. more exciting than the first half. Well, and I think I think you have to draw a lot on an experience, and and that's why I think some. It almost seems like there's for certain projects there's there's a, a window of time where you can, for, at least for a certain style, um, you can you can get as as much as you can out of that. And then eventually you, the well dries up a little bit and you've got to try to move to something else uh, or, or find new, uh, a new form of inspiration. Um. I remember, um, in, it was probably, it was probably the year 2000. Cause that's when yeah. I started really getting into screenwriting. I was just finishing up, um, maybe a little before that I was just finishing up my undergrad mm-hmm. with a degree in English I was trying to get into film, but mm-hmm, worked out better mm-hmm. to graduate quicker with English. And so, but I was trying to like focus on screenplays. And then when I went to graduate school, my um, screenwriting was my emphasis. So I was reading a lot of screenplays, and the very first screenplay I, re- I read was for Gladiator. And I remember, and so in 2000, I was in my 
uh-huh. mid twenties. <laughs> and I remember reading this screenplay and thinking, mm-hmm. Holy shit. You know, so like this writing was so full and like comparing that writing to my writing, I don't know, even know how to describe it other than like, I don't like, there was no yeah, way yeah. I could have written that script. And then you look into this guy and he's 45, 50, you know, 60, you know, like they're older and have, have some experience. Now here that I am now at that same age. Yeah. And my writing is so much fuller, you know, and, and I probably could write a gladiator script now if I just. Right. Had right. the time block to sit down and do it or, you know, the attention span, because I mean, I'm clearly like, I always considered myself a writer and, and like had dreams of writing and being a screenwriter, but like, I, yeah. but that's not the thing that I'm pulled to. I'm all, I'm pulled to all these other things well, for some ch- reason. I'm just not going to fight it anymore just because I labeled myself as a screenwriter in my twenties, right. you know, I'm well, just going to go where the universe thought, because I think one of the, I think one of the things that drew me to teaching is, is it really is a creative to, to have a curriculum that you're trying to send out in a interesting way that's engaging to students really taps into the creative element because you, you, you're constantly every day thinking, okay, so how am I going to present this and how, how is this going to be meaningful and interesting to them? And, and that's the same experience. The longer you do it, the more you encounter things, the more experience you have, the more you try stuff, you see how it fails and you, you keep going, the better you get at it. It's the same way when I've, um, when I first started getting into woodworking, um, obviously the the more experience I gained, the better I got at creating these different projects. And what's funny about it is I almost feel music is the opposite, both in my my own experience and in consumption, because there's been so and, and there's a, a good artist can do can do the opposite where they they evolve and there's the stuff that they put out is still relevant, still good. But for so many people, including myself, when I pick up a guitar, I write the stuff that I wrote in the, in, in my early twenties, just because that's what I know. And that's, that's what naturally comes to me. And a lot of, a lot of musicians, um, they're good for a little while. And then the later stuff is variations of what they've done, you know? And, um, and so I think some art lends itself a little a little easier to to um, to time. And so that's that's I don't know that's. Yeah, you ever you ever see a band mm-hmm. try to evolve and everyone's like, "What is yeah. this? Just yeah. do what you're." You know what I mean? I hate their new stuff. And it's well, like, yeah, because when you listen to a band forever? that sounds the same forever, it kind of pisses you off. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's there's a window of time. Yeah. If you go too long then it's like, man, this is just the same crap that they've always done. So, but yeah, anyway, those are, those are some of my, my initial thoughts on, on that. But, uh, but yeah. I yeah. like it. I think we're just scratching um, the surface here. Um, we'll get into it deeper. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious about, viewing your, your experience with, with our, I don't know that we want to talk about it today. Maybe we talk about it next week. Um, some of those, those moments, not creating, but experiencing art that have been the most meaningful and what some of the threads are there. Um, 
because there there have been some you know I've had some good experiences whether it's at a concert or whether it's at you know whether it's watching a movie or reading a book or whatever that have that has been um, super super engaging and and so I'm, I'm kind of curious what what some of those common threads are there but we can we can get into that maybe next week. All right, yeah, there. I it, it's funny, like with concerts and and music. Like I'll watch um, mm-hmm. concerts on YouTube. It's it's almost embarrassing because I'm <laughs> such a huge Blink One Eighty Two fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna own it though. You can yeah. you can lose some uh, respect for me if if you want, but there's this uh, concert on YouTube from the Reading mm-hmm. Festival in 2014. And I'll bet, like, however, like, the 45,000 views that it's had, I'll bet, like, 4,000 <laughs> of them are me. <laughs> you know? I just watch it over and over and over. And it's just, like, this moment where, where, I was just going to bore people because it's Blink when you too, but where you see, it's like, it's like I always, you see Tom transcend uh-huh, uh-huh. the band right there. And, like, you can, you watch that thing and you say, there's no wonder he's not in this band anymore. Like, like he, you see him. Yeah, move, yeah. Like, metamorphosize into, like, a real, uh-huh. like, mm-hmm. artist, <laughs> you know? And and he would, did, and he's, I don't know what he's done, if he's managed to pull it off once he's pulled himself out of the band, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's like so good, you know? <laughs> but only because you can, it's this moment where you can, like, witness it for an hour and a half of, like, every song he's just, yeah, I don't know. He, yeah. he, he just, it's like he's transcending. It's not. It's not your. I'll, I'll so check if you get it a chance, out. Reading twenty fourteen. <laughs> the first minute and a half, the, the sounds jacked up. So like, don't like give up well, on that's it. The, it honestly, it that's on. the beauty of of YouTube. Is there have been so many. Well, and just and just in general, like the ability to access music, just music alone. Um, it's it's awesome. <laughs> so many cool experiences. It's it's overwhelming because there's not as many. You don't have as much time um, in the day to really be able to experience it. But I, I just love that um, you could go onto YouTube and find all sorts of performances and even even some of those really small. Like I've noticed, there's a lot of a lot of artists I follow. They'll just do. There's no, they're not even performing. They're doing a live performance, but they'll they'll set up in some sort of studio. And they'll just do a live performance, or maybe uh, something with maybe a handful of people. And some of those are just really, really good to have them um, just do it, do a live take on their art. And, and that's that's pretty awesome these days. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even back back before YouTube, I wore out my copy, my VHS yeah. copy of the Cure show. So I mean, I just like I yeah. just like watching musical performances. Well, Doug, this has been another informative, <laughs> it sure has life-altering week. <laughs> and I think I like I like uh, going into creativity and maybe using that as our uh, thread moving forward to um, maybe att- uh, make some sense of the past or like use some things of the use the past to like fuel. Mm-hmm. Creative mm-hmm. growth, and in doing so, releasing yeah. the past. Let's do that. So next week. Yeah, 
We've yeah. been babbling long enough. It's Saturday. People got stuff to do. That's right. Okay, man. All right, Doug. This was yeah. this was this was badass. <laughs> that's a that's a good adjective to describe it. <laughs> all right. I hope you all enjoyed listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll talk to you soon. Devil is six. The devil is six. Devil.